Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. My goal each week is to turn to Scripture for meaningful lessons that help us to lead secure and purposeful lives while facing the challenges of our times. I come out of a Christian perspective, but I try to make my messages appropriate to everyone, regardless of religious affiliation or personal beliefs. As the COVID pandemic drags on, many of us are facing growing fears and questions about our future. In today's sermon, I turn to a lesson from the Gospel of Matthew, in which the confidence of Jesus' disciples is tested on a stormy sea. These turbulent waters can serve as a parable for our times. Let's begin by listening to Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead on to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My wife and I recently helped our daughter move to Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Ocean Springs, located on the Gulf of Mexico, boasts over 300 days of sunshine per year. You can buy fresh shrimp and crab right off the back of the boat, and the people there are down-home southern friendly. Our daughter's new neighbor, yelled at us as we pulled into the driveway of her new house for the first time. I've been praying a blessing on whoever moved into that house, she said. Yeah, this is a good place to live. Except when it isn't. I was reminded of one of those times when Ocean Springs wasn't so hospitable by the handyman who came by later that day to repair the lock on our front door. I sat idly by as he sweated with a hammer and chisel, trying to true the door frame. As he worked, he told me of his experience during Hurricane Katrina. Although the storm took place 15 years ago, the scars from snapped-off limbs high in the pine trees in our backyard made the storm seem much more immediate. And so did Johnny's personal story. It's dry where y'all are here, he said reassuringly. You're up high, but we live down low close to the water. Our house is raised up five feet on cement blocks, but the water still came up to the ceiling. Well, my mama wouldn't leave the house with the storm coming, and daddy wouldn't leave without mama. 
so I couldn't leave. And when the water came up, I swam over to our neighbor's house and found out that they were in a little better shape than us. I swam back and swam Mama over the neighbor's roof. Then I swam back and got Daddy. I had to swim back one more time because my refrigerator was floating away with my beer in it. I tied it off by the cord and then swam back to the neighbor's roof to wait there until we got rescued two days later. I was amazed at the matter-of-fact way that Johnny told that story. I was terrified just picturing what he and his folks must have gone through that stormy night. And then while they were up waiting on their neighbor's roof for help to come. I'm horrified to think of the hundreds who were trapped inside flooded houses or swept away to drown in the turbulent, debris-filled waters that Katrina brought ashore. There's something primal about the fear of drowning. The force of wind and water together remind us of our puny helplessness when nature acts up. The Sea of Galilee in Israel is subject to gale force winds and huge waves that can come out of nowhere. And Jesus' disciples found themselves in a perilous situation one morning as their small boat, far out from shore, started being battered by waves. Jesus had sent them off in the boat the night before while he went up on the mountain to pray. They were not only afraid because of the storm that morning, they were terrified to see a ghost walking across the waves toward them. Turned out it wasn't a ghost, but just Jesus out for a morning stroll upon the water. Jesus calls out to Peter to come and join him on the water. Don't be afraid, he says. Now Peter at first seems as brave as my friend Johnny. I've got this, he thinks. He hops out of the boat, starts walking on the water, just like Jesus. When he stops to think about what he's doing, that primal fear kicks in and he begins to sink. The moral of the story, or at least one of them, is that confidence, which is another word for faith, conquers fear. When our confidence fails, fear overwhelms us, and we are literally sunk. What or who we put our confidence in is all important. When Peter stepped out of that boat, he was confident of his ability to walk on the water. I can do this, he thought. He was relying on self-confidence to face his fear of drowning in the storm. But self-confidence is predictably unreliable. When we face dire and dangerous situations, we quickly come to doubt our ability to save ourselves. Self-doubt leads to panic, and panic leads to doom. Fortunately, on that day, Jesus was there to extend a saving hand to Peter. And when they were safely back in the boat, the disciples were amazed and exclaimed, This truly is the Son of God. And they realized it was Jesus in whom they could have complete confidence. I want to talk about three objects of confidence. Number one is confidence in ourselves and our own abilities. Two is confidence that we place in other people, such as when we bestow our confidence on our parents or friends, or we place our confidence in experts and people and positions of authority. And the third object of confidence, the one that the disciples discovered, is our confidence in Jesus Christ to save us. 
and we call this kind of confidence faith. These days it feels like we are in a small boat on storm-tossed seas. We are faced with the threat of serious illness or death from the COVID-19 virus. Our livelihoods are threatened by the unstable economy that the pandemic has triggered. We are threatened by civil unrest because of racial strife that's rooted deep in our culture. We're confronted by global climate change and ecological disaster. And of course, the threat of war always looms like a storm brewing on the horizon. We could be excused for being afraid that we're about to drown. One way that we can survive our fears is through self-confidence. Now, Johnny must have possessed a lot of it uh, to first stay behind with his parents and second, to swim out into those hurricane-roiled waters in search of a refuge. He must have had a lot of confidence in his swimming ability to not only go back after his parents, but also for his refrigerator full of beer. Now, he didn't tell me if he was afraid or not, but he had to have at least as much confidence as Peter did when he stepped out of that boat. He may not have been able to walk on water, but Johnny was able to keep himself from drowning. I should have asked him if Jesus offered him a helping hand that night. Maybe the next time I see him, I will. All of us possess a degree of self-confidence. In regards to the COVID threat, we may be confident in our ability to safely function by avoiding situations which put us at risk of infection, wearing a mask in public, and practicing good hygiene. We may also have confidence that our immune systems will be able to fight off the disease should we become infected. And as for the economic threats we face, maybe you're confident in your ability to make a living, even if our current jobs are threatened. We need some self-confidence to be able to sleep at night. Often at night, though, when sleep won't come, I find my self-confidence failing me. I hear about people who have taken every precaution to keep from getting infected, and still they get sick from COVID. No one seems totally safe. Some young and otherwise healthy people get very sick or die from the disease. And if the economy really goes down the toilet, I may not be able to find work. What then? Suddenly, I feel weak and vulnerable. I get sucked down into a dark vortex of fear. Then I go under. In these moments, we need to find an object of our confidence outside of ourselves. As far as COVID goes, I scour the newspapers in the morning looking for signs that scientists and medical experts are coming up with vaccines and treatments to protect us, and I think they will. I try to put my confidence in elected officials and business leaders that they'll find a way out of our current economic woes. I'm confident that some of those, those smart people are working to ameliorate our climate problems and that responsible people will be willing to make the sacrifices necessary in order to assure that our children's future is sustainable. But like my confidence in my own abilities, it doesn't take long for me to doubt the ability of, or the willingness of the people around me to come up with solutions. A vaccine could be a year away. Instead of cooperating for the well-being of others, I see people quibbling 
over whether they should be forced to wear a mask. I see politicians only concerned about being reelected. I hear angry mobs yelling back and forth at one another out of hatred rather than love and compassion. Here we go. We're drowning again. When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. There is an unfailing source in whom we can always place our confidence to save us, Jesus Christ. There is one person who can cast out all of our fears, Jesus Christ. There is one person who will always be there with outstretched hands, waiting to pull us up out of the water. You guessed it, Jesus Christ. Confidence in Jesus Christ, or faith, can cure our fear of drowning. For truly, he is the Son of God. When we are not afraid, we will not get sucked under. There was a man in the Bible who had faced every kind of adversity. He lost his family and everything he owned through a series of unimaginable tragedies. His name was Job, and Job realized there was nothing he could do to save himself. There was nothing that his friends could do to give him comfort. All the losses that he experienced in his life drove him to place his confidence in God. In the midst of all his heartbreak, he proclaims, Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me. I'm sure you're not surprised that I've ended up saying that faith in Jesus Christ is the answer. But here we are. That's why I've been using the word confidence instead of faith. Confidence can be earned. Jesus Christ has earned that confidence when he died on the cross for our sake. He has earned our confidence for 2,000 years, sustaining people all around the globe through the worst of times, the great tragedies. And when we look back upon the history of what his loving presence in the world has accomplished, we can only say, this truly is the Son of God. So our job now is to get to know him better. There's a happy side effect to having faith in Jesus Christ and confidence in him. It helps build our self-confidence and our confidence in others. Jesus has told me that I have self-worth. We're all part of the kingdom of God. He wants us to have confidence to step up in our role to love, to help, to heal, to step out of the boat into the turbulent waters because we possess the power of the Holy Spirit. Our faith in Christ also builds our confidence in our brothers and sisters in faith. Together, we are redeemed people. We are part of a heavenly community. This community of faith is also empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
I see these communities of faith everywhere stepping up during this crisis to help people in need. I see them advocating for social, economic, and racial justice. Most of all, he has taught us to forgive so that we can live together despite our shortcomings. So tonight, when the storm clouds invade my dreams and I feel overwhelmed by my fear of drowning, I'm going to try to change my focus from a lack of confidence in myself or others and shift it to the guy who could walk on water. I'll remind myself that my Redeemer lives. And before I go to sleep, let me say the words, For God so loved the world, and God so loved me, that he sent his only Son, so that when I believe in him I will not perish, but I will find eternal life. And I will not be afraid of drowning again. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. May God bless you and keep you. May God soothe your fears and give you the confidence to live in peace.